0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Eyes Have It podcast with your host, Brent Hershey, and me, Chris Blessing. This is the post-fireworks edition of the podcast. I don't know about any of you, but... Uh, We had some fireworks into the late morning hours here in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, This is our eighth episode, and uh, this is going to be a jam-packed one, just like all of our other ones. Uh, Brent, how was your 4th of July weekend?
1: Uh, It was loud here in Philadelphia, too. Uh, We have two uh, dogs that uh, we we spent a considerable amount of time with uh, the evening of the 4th, trying to keep them under control. So uh, otherwise, all was good, but uh, the doggies needed some extra care that night for sure.
0: Yeah, my my dogs didn't seem to really be bothered by it, but we had a we had a friend of ours uh, over who's about to move somewhere else in Georgia, and she brought her dog, and her dog was freaked out by him. I don't know why my dogs weren't. Because uh, my uh, yeah. dogs freak out; they freak out during storms. Uh, I guess uh, I guess the uh, lightning has lightning and the thunder has prepared them for for july 4th i don't know
1: yeah well count your blessings because it's uh it's a fun one with a with a couple of dogs that uh react to that but anyway let's get into our episode looking forward to it as you said uh just a quick reminder that the eyes have it podcast is brought to you by baseballhq.com a subscription to baseballhq.com gets you all of chris and our miners team's written work which includes first-hand scouting reports call up profiles uh, for all, all the players on the minor league side, uh, as well as daily projections, updates, projected playing time changes, skills profile, strategy, and research articles. Everything's geared to help you win your fantasy league both this year and in the future. So for more information, check out uh, com slash subscribe.
0: Yes, we would appreciate everybody uh, that isn't a subscriber who listens to us to come check us out. Uh, There's a lot of great content, not just on our side of things, on the minor side of things, but uh, all across the site. Uh, I I gain a lot of uh, insight looking at the research stuff. Uh, There's a lot of good people, a lot of good writers, uh, writers that you know from other places uh, sometimes are contributing uh, research articles to our site. So, uh, well, today's episode... Is actually sponsored. We have a sponsor this this week. This is the first time we're actually sponsored by the letters F, P, A, and Z. Brent, would you like to share with our listeners the importance of our uh, of these letters, our sponsors?
1: Of course. Uh, That stands for First Pitch Arizona, Um, a uh, four three and a half day conference that we put on on all the non pandemic years anyway out in uh, phoenix during the uh arizona fall league uh we opened up early registrations on friday for this year's uh return weekend the dates are october 14th to 17th um and for anyone that's interested in fantasy baseball uh, I, I encourage you to check it out the uh we have we have spent a whole weekend uh focusing on uh prospects because of the Arizona Fall League that's going on at the same time, but also lots of uh, MLB player analysis, looking back at the 2021 season, looking ahead to 2022. Uh, we talk strategy. You'll get a lot of great people of a, a part of the whole uh, weekend, both from Baseball HQ and other uh, sites and podcasts uh, and content providers. It's just a great weekend to talk baseball uh, and hopefully watch some baseball. Now, the one the one twist this year, uh, after we had to put it off last year, of course, due to the pandemic, is that MLB has not officially uh, announced the Arizona Fall League. Um, we always include those games as part of our programming. You get uh, you get three or four tickets to the games that weekend, and we all uh, hang out uh, and, and watch those games as part of it. We have uh, we have some. Uh, information that says that they're going forward with it, um, and actually I, I would expect that we might hear something finalized uh, hopefully very soon on that as far as the schedule. Um, but uh, I believe we're going to go forward with it either way, and uh, when these live events are just a, a great way for everyone to get together to kind of see and talk and uh, get to know each other, many of us uh have conversed online and it's always great to meet face to face so anyway uh look on uh, baseballhq.com website uh for more information about first pitch arizona um you can sign up for the entire weekend and uh i know it's a i know it's months away but it really is a uh, it's a great event and it's it's great to meet uh, all kinds of people and just like i said talk baseball pretty much all weekend
0: Yes, uh, Brent, Ray, and uh, Ron Chandler are excellent hosts, Uh, and uh, they put on a top-shelf forum every year. It's uh, amazing every year. This will be my fifth year. I've already made my flight plans, getting in on Wednesday, leaving on Monday. I already made my hotel reservation as well, so like, I'm all set, ready to go for this. It will be good catching up with uh, good old friends and meeting new ones. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing about this is, uh, you know, it's it's a big uh, powwow of the friends, uh, of my friends. And and you get to meet so many new people every year, just uh, from players to other industry types. It's, it's, a, it's really a great experience. And I would encourage everybody, anybody to come on out uh, this year, especially. Even if there's no Arizona Fall League, we'll be having a lot of fun. Drafts between you know, there's always this podcast room uh, that is is going on. It's always a, a nice little party going on, and uh, you know, there's also some beer sharing as well from all across the country. So uh, you know, that there's some of my favorite things. Well, anyway, we've got a great show this week. We'll finish up with Brent's looks at the Mets' high A affiliate in Brooklyn, and uh, we'll check in on some Double Central action. But first, we've got a jam-packed news and
1: notes segment. Brent, take it away. We've got two main news and notes uh, segments here today. Uh, The first is kind of an ongoing and recent uh, injury issue, let's say. Uh, Padres shortstop C.J. Abrams, uh, as well as Marlins right-handed pitcher Sixto Sanchez, uh, both have come down with injuries in the past week uh that will shelve them for the season uh Abrams had a uh a leg injury and uh sixto sanchez of course got a slow start and uh was and had some shoulder uh problems and it sounds like uh, they're going to undergo surgery for him too um these guys are big time prospects on our h q one hundred um see Abrams is number 10 and Sanchez is number 12. This is before the season started. So, uh, for me anyway, I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got some of the, I've got both of those players on different teams. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do too. Um, what's your understanding of the prognosis for, uh, both of them going forward? Um, how does the injury affect kind of their fancy value?
0: C.J. Abrams is having a bang-up season in AA this year uh, as a yeah. younger player at the level. And it's uh, it's really hard to see this, uh, you know, really tough to see this coming. He had uh, collided with a – had a collision with someone and uh, resulted in a broken tibia. And uh, I believe it's a sprain MCL. Uh, yeah. And so Abrams is a guy that, you know, that injury is a little – you know, concerning, uh, especially given the fact that Abrams does use his legs as part of his game. Uh, I don't really feel like it's uh, a long-term issue for him. Uh, love the hit tool. I think the power will come. Hasn't come yet, but I think it will come. Uh, he was somebody that during first pitch, our virtual event this year uh, in the spring that uh, we got to watch. I got to announce the, well, not announce yeah. the game, whatever it was with Steve uh, Gardner and uh, Paul Sporer. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time on Abrams and the, and and the player that he was going to become. And, uh, you know, I don't feel like this will really affect him so much moving forward. It's just, uh, it's a little bump in the road. And if we have the Arizona fall league this year, there's a, there's a chance we'll see CJ Abrams there. Um, Sixto is the one that's a little more concerning. Um, course pitch your shoulder, you get a little panicky anytime you hear that, uh, you know, even more so than when you hear elbow. Um, and from what I understand and not really getting into too many technical details on this, uh, since I am not a doctor or a trainer or, or anything else like that, uh, I don't have a, a doctor thing, uh, on my Twitter handle. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Sixto San- Sanchez uh, reportedly has a capsule issue. Uh, from what I understand, it's a slight tear. It's not really a big tear. Uh, I mean, any tear to the capsule is uh, concerning. Uh, we've uh, seen a couple guys come back from, from this type of surgery and be like they were prior to it. Uh, the recovery is kind of mixed, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, uh, the first one I ever heard of was Doc Gooden and, you know, he was never the same. And we're, of course, about 25 years, uh, past that, but like, uh, it's still, a, uh, you know, throwing it up, uh, and, you know, Ty Ross was the guy that kind of, you know, uh, got struck down by this. And, uh, you know, we never heard from him really again. Uh, so that's the concern with Sixto. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's to the point right now that you hang on to him if you're a, uh if you're rostering on on, on one of your rosters uh, uh, I mean but if you don't have room, it's probably time to uh to maybe look a different direction because uh, it's not uh not pretty and it won't be something that resolves itself quickly. We'll probably see him again sometime next season
1: yeah I mean, I think the thing with six though is just the you know kind of the repeated sort of little injury history that he's had uh throughout his short, um, you know, minor league, mostly minor league career. Um, and uh, it's it's really, uh, I mean, it's just how it happens. I mean, I go back to uh, seeing him, you know, hearing kind of the murmurs uh, of his Gulf Coast season and uh, rookie league in 2016, and then getting a chance to see him uh, during one of his uh, Lakewood low A starts the year after in, in the first half of 2017. And it was, I mean, it was good as advertised. Just dominant. It was uh, amazing that such a young pitcher had the command of the pitches, basically, along with uh, the velocity that he did sh- showed at that point, and and some braking stuff, even uh, all speed stuff that uh, that he could locate then as well. And it, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of exciting thinking that oh, you know, this this is kind of what uh this is what an an ace could look like uh in in low a and of course there's lots and lots of things (laughs) to happen between low a and the majors and uh and sanchez unfortunately has had a lot of them uh happen from from minor injuries to uh being traded and and uh you know some some kind of surprising or or, you know some success at the major league level even at those seven starts uh last year that I think had a lot of us saying now this is this is it you know even though the innings will be capped uh 2021 he'll he'll he'll, you know start to you know start to get on that ascension um but it never it never got off the ground and and uh as the news continued to leak out from Florida about his uh you know recovery uh it sounded to me anyway reading between the lines that it was uh not going well and so well, if this is disappointing. It's not wholly um, surprising. I think it'll be really yeah. interesting. You know, we'll um, we have mentioned and, and a couple times, and we put together a kind of a mid-season top fifty here. Once we get past the All Star break pr- prospect list, um, and it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up on there. My hunch is probably that Abrams won't move a ton, if at all. But uh, I think the probably the repeated uh, repeated challenges sanchez has had uh with the injuries will probably move him uh down some with being a pitcher
0: yeah i would agree uh i probably move abrams up from where he was uh
1: pre-season just because of the
0: performance that we saw we've seen it we saw the hit tool really starting to come alive first in spring training uh and then in the double a season so like uh you know abrams this is a road bump for him really uh this isn't a uh, pothole. This is a pothole that uh, Sanchez has essentially run into. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard to rank him in the top 50, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, this goes to like the, you know, the whole Brent Honeywell, um, situation, uh, yeah, the last great few point. years where, yep. you know, I just stopped ranking him in the top uh, 100. Uh, I mean, I loved Honeywell, uh, but mm-hmm. repeated arm injuries is something that, like, it's a it's a huge red flag, and you know Sanchez has had some uh, you know some issues with this, and now is having a big big surgery, and we just can't you know we can't really guarantee him. Uh, no, I mean we can't guarantee any pitcher or hitter, but like yeah. we just can't guarantee that he'll return to to where he's at. Uh, yeah. These are yeah. always guys that so we don't rank them high, and then they show up healthy. People are like, oh, why did you not have them that <laughs> high? Blah blah blah. And, yeah. and, you know, that's why, I mean, we're, we're looking at things, the uh, risk group, you know, risk and reward. And right now the risk is so high for a guy that yeah. is uh, essentially made his major league debut. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 think back a kid. I, I actually faced in high school named Ben Diggins, who was a Brewers and the Dodgers prospect made his major league debut and then shredded out his shoulder and it looked like a long career. I mean, it's not, he wasn't a six of Sanchez type uh, prospect, but like he was somebody who looked like a bona fide major league starter for, for, and he was never the same again. So like, whenever anybody points that out, I go, you know, you don't remember Ben
1: Diggins, but I remember Ben Diggins (laughs) and he
0: was, he was a pretty good pitcher.
1: Yeah. And uh, certainly, I mean, this won't be the last pitcher that we're all excited about that goes through uh, multiple injuries and kind of, uh, doesn't, uh, appear like it, it won't quite pan out as we thought. Um, but it's, all the same, it's just disappointing to see that once you, um, you know, once you've seen sort of that talent in person when they're healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the reality being that, uh, they just can't, can't quite stay that way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's move on
0: to something a little happier. Uh, there we go. <laughs> not as, uh, not as a downer. Uh, and that's talking about the futures uh, game roster. Uh, first off, yeah. uh, like to say that one of us—and it's not the one that's speaking—is uh, yeah. going to be at the futures game next week. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, you know, first ask Brent. Uh, you know, you've scouted all-star games before, and that's essentially a futures game is like a showcase. Uh, yeah. You hear you hear the word showcase on on the prep and. Uh, college level a lot more than you hear in the pro level, but all star games, futures games, fall star games for all you first pitch uh, attendees uh, in the past, um, you know they're they're essentially showcases. So uh, Brent, when you're scouting a showcase game like an all star game or a futures game, uh, what well, what do you look for? Uh, you know, pre game and during the game uh, at, when when scouting these guys.
1: Yeah. Um a lot of times uh, uh w- what draws me to these games uh being able to attend them in person uh especially is being being to get you know to put eyes on uh some of these names that i've heard of or maybe even you know more recently have kind of seen video of but i've never seen in person take batting practice or in person face uh you know another kind of all star level pitcher at uh, depending whatever whatever game it's a part of. And so um, that just helps me kind of form in my mind more, uh, you know, what the guy's body type's like, what his movements are like, um, how explosive uh, is he, what, wh- you know, where is he on the kind of athleticism scale? Um, that's that's one thing that, um, you know, that I really look for first. And I go back and think about, um, you know, in 2017, it's the Miami uh, Futures game. It was the first time I saw, you know, with my own eyes, sort of Ron Lacuna and Vlad Jr. And then after that, I could go, okay, so that's what, you know, I've I've read about these guys and I've seen things, but that's what the player looks like. Um, in 2018, it was uh, Orlando Tatis Jr. and Joe Adele. And, uh, you know, again, seeing these guys, um, Take batting practice, especially for the hitters, uh, you know, and then filtering through that it's batting practice and they're you know showing off and and they know everyone's looking, you know, and there are people that have seen them for the first time like me, being able to filter that and use that too um, is is always uh, you know is always a part of the process. Uh, and the other thing that I've talked about <clears throat> some also. It's just paying attention then uh, in the game. Uh, you realize it's an exhibition game and, uh, you know, the pitchers are cranking it up for one inning. Um, but on the other hand, this is like the top competition, too, that they're facing. I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't Joe Adele going up against, uh, you know, a low A uh, pitcher throwing on 88 uh, who, you know, won't won't get any higher than that. Uh, before he moves on to another career. Uh, these are all valid prospects and how, uh, how, how the hitters react to that and how the pitchers react to that and how they execute and how they're able to execute in that, you know, that kind of very focused um, setting uh, is something that I look for. I'm curious what your viewpoint on that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go back, uh, you know,
0: we both did the 2017 game in Miami together. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember specifically, uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, mm-hmm. really did impress me a lot. Uh, he was a guy that I hadn't seen and really and truly he was a, he was a player that, that, you know, peaked late, uh, his prospect status peaked late. And, yeah. uh, you know, he didn't really try to do too much during batting practice. It was Just, it was amazing. He was going at about 80% while other guys were going a hundred percent and, uh, the, delivering the same results. Allah, you know, um, well, except for, I should say not Allah, uh, except for, uh, you know, the Yacunians and the Guerreros who were just, uh, you know, out of sight. And then at the 2019 game, you know, watching that batting practice with Wander Franco and, and a two timer at that point, Joe Adele, uh, yeah, And seeing them hit the ball out and how they carried themselves and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I go back and uh, one, of, one of the prospects that was there, we were at uh, Progressive Field uh, for the Cleveland natives, still call it the Jake. Uh, and uh, I, I remember watching uh, Daniel Johnson, who's the Tribe uh, prospect at the time, and, you know, kind of joking that like of the guys that were there, he was maybe the lesser guy and it didn't really fit the profile of of the rest of the guys. Uh, And, you know, that was no slant on Daniel Johnson. uh, But, you know, you could kind of see that he might not have, you know, fit in with the rest of those hitters. Uh, And I also go back to that game and watching uh, uh, Luis Patino, who's now with the Rays, was with the Padres at that point. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he wasn't trying to light the, the clock up uh, like all the other pitchers. He was just executing his game plan and looked, uh, you know, was the guy getting the swings and misses and was, uh, you know, playing up and, and throwing uh, throwing his arsenal of pitches. And, I mean, it was the most uh, most dominating performance of that game. Uh, yeah, and, like, he, he came in late.
1: I was going to say, right at the end, right? It was yeah. the last inning or two that he yeah i definitely remember that too i i and it's you know i i the other thing to sort of just keep in mind too is that you know the the wow moments are going to be you know oh this guy's throwing a hundred or sitting in the high 90s and you know sometimes it's just hard to forget that that's that is easy to kind of shoot for in a one inning outing <laughs> they got to get through all these different guys uh so they can just air it out um and so sometimes the velocities can get uh, a bit inflated as far as what they are actually going to be able to do in a game situation, you know, when they're uh, expected to get through six, seven innings. Each of us selected three guys that we uh, are looking forward
0: to see during the Futures game uh, this Sunday. Uh, Brent picked three hitters. Brent, would you like to uh, expand on those guys?
1: Sure, just quickly. um, And it's, again, like I... Mentioned before, three guys that I have not seen kind of in person, but uh, am very intrigued by. The first is uh, Marco Luciano, playing sh- uh, shortstop or infielder for the Giants. He is certainly uh, in our top ten again on our HQ 100. Uh, Nineteen years old, playing full season ball, low A for the first year um, this year, and just the, you know, just the raw power he's shown so far. Fourteen home runs in in fifty games. Uh, he's batting two seventy four the three seventy one on base and the five twenty four slugging. Um, I know you did some video work and and on him and uh, put together an article for us earlier um, i I've seen a couple of the short clips, but I'm certainly that's one of the one of the guys being a teenager so young uh, hyped as as some of the international guys have been uh, that i wanna uh, I'll be interested in taking a look at. Both uh, his batting practice, what that looks like, as well as uh, where they put him on the field. I know you had some concerns about him being able to stay at shortstop, and you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, I I believe, think of him more as a as a uh, corner infielder, uh, third baseman. But that's uh, the first. The second would be Nolan Gorman, who just got promoted to Triple A about a week ago after uh, tearing up Uh, Double A. This is a third baseman, of course, in the Cardinals organization. Um, I'm actually surprised that I haven't run into him yet at any of these uh, games, but this will be my first time there. And, uh, you know, in some ways, similar to Luciano, just a big power uh, bat. Um, he had 11 home runs at, uh, at, at AA. Uh, had a, a little bit of a rough first week, 2 for 20 uh, in his first week in AAA, uh, but I'm interested to see just what Gorman uh, looks like. He's been uh, kind of on our radar for a while since hitting a lot of home runs uh, starting back uh, in 2018 in, in rookie ball. But anyway, I'm interested in checking out Gorman. And then the third guy is a uh, 2020 draftee, Oakland catcher, Tyler Soderstrom. You know, one fun thing I think for about the Futures game is that they do – bring in uh prospects at all levels um Sadestram went in the first round to the a's last year in the shortened uh in the shortened draft um and come has kind of come with a you know a big uh reputation of a both a ba and power uh bat um and he's hitting uh hitting 315 with a 399 on base and a 575 slugging so far in 208 plate appearances at uh, Low A um, Stockton, and uh, with nine homers and 40 ribbies, and the uh, other reports that I've seen have been really positive, going back to even to spring training, where he spent, I believe, spent some time uh, even in the major league camp, uh, which is uh, certainly unique for a 19 year old like that. So I'm interested again uh, seeing the swing. He's a uh, he's kind of Big, uh, big framed catcher, 6'2", 200. And I think there are some questions there too, as maybe, maybe the bat would be ahead of the glove and possibly he'll move out off of catcher, as sometimes happens. But, uh, he's certainly catching now. And, um, yeah, I'm just interested in, in checking out, uh, checking out Soderstrom too, to kind of, again, see what he looks like get a sense of uh, where he might fit uh, as we put together our uh, lists and rankings. What about your trio of pitchers? Yeah, I, I
0: pick pitchers, uh, of course, and pitchers from organizations that I cover. Uh, and, and I didn't do that on purpose. I was—I ha- I have a reason for each guy. And it's funny, too, because I was looking it over, and uh, you know, the more and more I keep zeroing in on these guys, I realize that we're going to we're going to see a lot of Shane Baz this summer and yeah. Shane Baz is my first guy. guy's a, a Tampa Ray prospect. And he's somebody that Brent and I both saw at first pitch Arizona in 2019. We're going to continue to promote first pitch Arizona and all the awesome things that you get to do and see. And Shane Baz was uh, uh, on the pitcher side of things. was one of the awesome things to see about the f- uh, first pitch uh, Arizona experience in 2019. Uh, yeah, sure. But what, what I'm looking for is uh, Baz, uh, who was, the, when I say we're going to see a lot of him this summer, he was uh, named to the Olympic team along with uh, another uh, Durham bull, uh, Joe Ryan, another guy that I've uh, talked about here and talked about on the site. Uh, but uh, Baz has shown, uh, uh, has really taken an uptake in command. Uh, the stuff's always been there. Uh, the question has ever has been, is he a reliever or is he a starter? Best many people saw him was him working out of the pen in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, So I want to see if this command is true. I I believe it is. Uh, And that would probably, you know, put him more into the starting pitcher bucket. I think that, you know, even in any appearance, we can see uh, that kind of thing. So hopefully he comes out, comes out blazing hot. Uh, uh, The second guy I picked is uh, a pitcher that I've missed twice this year, Max Meyer. Uh, 2020 draftee like Soderstrom. Meyer came out of University of Minnesota. He's a Marlins prospect. Uh, Unfortunately, went on vacation when he pitched here in Chattanooga. But another guy I want to see, I'm looking at, you know, just like him, like just like Baz, looking at a guy that, you know, this could be the stage where he starts to show show some domination. Uh, You know, Meyer uh, isn't as uh polished as uh, a college as as what you would normally see a college guy even though he's in double a right now uh so you know it would be like it would be really nice to see what kind of strides he's made uh you know i think the the moment's not going to be too much for him uh i think he comes out hot i think he looks really good uh and then the third guy is and I, i'm looking at is a yankees prospect named luis medina uh, the other Yankees prospect that's going to be in this game is Jason Dominguez that nobody's seen, uh, mm-hmm. Brent or I. Uh, he's like the unicorn. So that will be nice to see him. But, uh, yeah. Luis Medina is a guy that I've never really been, uh, high about, um, the last few years. I, I think I started when, you know, when I first saw him in the Appalachian League. Uh, rest in peace. poor one out for the Appalachian League. Uh, it's a college, uh, college league now. Um, but uh saw Luis Medina for uh Pulaski, um, the Yankees affiliate at the time. And you know, showed dynamite stuff, uh no command whatsoever, no control. Um a really wild delivery that was uh, uh you know, hard to repeat. Uh and uh he had a really good year with Somerset high A this year, but he's kind of fallen on Harder time since going up to double A. Did I get that wrong, Somerset? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did. meant Hudson <laughs> Valley. Uh, that's a high A affiliate. And he's now with Somerset, and that's where he's kind of struggled. He's struggled with the same issues as before. Um, and he's another guy that if you look at him uh, through the lens of, uh, let's say, stat cast, um, you know, which we're hoping that we have Statcast cast on this game, of course, uh, since it in a major league park. Uh, you know, you look at Medina and his, his numbers aren't that impressive. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the high velocity and all of that kind of stuff, but I really believe that he's a, a reliever. And, you know, I'm looking for confirmation. Again, uh, next week on our show, we will have, uh, a breakdown of the futures game and the draft, which Brent Hershey will be, um, attending for both of us uh he's gonna have to also eat my share of food while he's there Uh i've i've never been to denver so i hope that
1: uh hope that his denver trip is awesome uh
0: have you been there before
1: i have not that's one of the uh exciting things for me too i've not been to denver uh or of course coors field and uh i am uh psyched to check it out very much looking forward to Sunday Sunday game and uh being a part of the part of the MLB draft too that will take place um, during that weekend covering that so yes we will uh we will have uh tons of uh coverage and breakdowns for you on on this podcast next week well let's move on to our favorite segment uh
0: it's our live look segment and this this live look segment's uh going to be a little different than the other ones because neither of us actually went out to the ballpark last week uh i had nothing really going on and brent uh brent you had a lot of weather uh up north that you know when you make a trip you want to make sure that you get to go see the game especially if you're traveling and uh you know that weather was uh hit and miss throughout a lot of cancellations uh mlb canceled milb canceled so uh You didn't get out to the game, but um, we do have some great information. Uh, Brent did get to scout uh, uh, the Mets organization by watching video. Uh, And uh, he also has had the batting practice with both of these uh, prospects that we're going to be talking about right now. Uh, First off, uh, we'll talk about the third base uh, prospect for the Mets, uh, former first round pick brett Beatty. uh you you saw brady uh in a brief look at aberdeen and then some video looks uh you also had some bp rounds uh what do you think about uh brett Beatty?
1: yeah uh it was interesting i like you said a couple weeks ago uh actually i caught him when they were in in wilmington uh oh. is when i is when i that's fine when i saw him uh saw the rounds of batting practice and the one game And then was, as you said, planning to go see them at Aberdeen uh, at least once this past week. Schedules got, uh, you know, turned around a little bit. Then the weather got in the way. And so then after I realized I wasn't going to get there, I thought, well, let me do a Chris Blessing special. I'll call up the uh, MILB feed and uh, watch the at-bats for uh, both Beatty and uh, Francisco Alvarez, who we'll talk uh, about a little bit later, and kind of combine the two into into this quote-unquote live look. But yeah, Beatty, I mean, it's someone I didn't have a big history with. I mean, I obviously knew the name because of the first-round pick in, in 2019, um, but uh, I came away quite impressed. Um, he's well-built, built 6'3", 210, um, has, you know, left-handed batter, has some long levers, uh, but, you know, but somehow gets, a, gets the swing uh, gets to the ball quickly and at his best has a short left handed swing. Uh it's simple from the left side, really quiet, uh quite fluid. I mean, I, I think it's a really pretty swing from the left side um myself. Um and when I saw the live batting practice rounds, I mean he has uh, he has that just sort of carry, that it carry uh off of the bat, which I found interesting and noticed kind of right away. Um and it wasn't you know it wasn't the the skyscraper majestic sort of uh bombs but it was just solid hard contact uh line you know line drive oriented contact that just that just carried well
0: when we were uh doing some preparation for MLBA, uh you know one of the things that came out from the alternative site was uh that Brett Beatty was not getting much carry uh, off the bat uh so are you uh suggesting that that Beatty is uh getting some more carry? I know that you've saying hard liners uh I'm just kind of curious is, is there loft behind those hard liners?
1: Uh yeah, there is. I mean and it's it's the type of uh hitting, it's the type of contact uh that I see that makes me wanna project, you know, more power given his frame, given his uh age you know if he adds uh, some muscle and some experience uh you know his frame should be able to carry that if he gets a little more strength in there uh, i i think it will of you know develop into kind of longer uh home run contact but his just ability to uh especially in game kind of spray the ball around and hit it hard everywhere was just uh impressive in in the looks that i uh Got and it was even you know even against left-handed pitching um you know you look at his splits and sure they're not as good against lefties against righties but it's you know it's not a jock Peterson situation where they're going to need to uh, set him down against lefties at least at this point uh, he's holding holding the zone um and I, I it was you know it was interesting to me the games at uh, Aberdeen that I watched uh, on the on the feeds last week um you know they were they were shifting against him, uh, you know, putting three guys on the right side. And he kind of continually beat the ball back up the middle or, or took it to the opposite field, uh, both on the ground uh, for a couple base hits through the left side and really some, some hard liners to left field. Uh, you know, there was one that, uh, one that you know, kind of one hopped the wall and, and, you know, he hit it so hard at the left field wall. Uh, that he got thrown out at second, trying to stretch it into a double. I mean, it's, you know, off the bat, you see it sort of over the left fielder's head and and uh, one hops the wall and you think double. Uh, it was hit that well that the left fielder, you know, gathered, threw it out, threw it back into second in time to get him out. Um, so I was, I was just really impressed. He also was certainly, you know, it wasn't just an inside out swing either. He certainly uh, tattooed several balls Uh, to the pull side, you know, liners to the first baseman or a double uh, down the right field line into the corner. Um, And, you know, just, just uh, being very balanced at the plate, um, you know, using kind of his lower half, getting his legs involved. um, It it just was an impressive, you know, impressive two different times that I've uh, seen Beatty now kind of has me excited about him. I know that, I know that you weren't, uh, you know you weren't nope. uh as much uh as excited about that but i'm curious what uh what was behind that for you um and i you know did i just get him on two really good nights or is this uh you know I- i'm just interested in your perspective on that given given i know you've uh seen him and had some contacts uh talk about him i i don't think you got
0: him on 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 good nights i think you got him on how he's performed. Uh. Yeah, reading off some of these notes that, that Brent did prepare. Uh he league ranks right now, number four in batting average, number three in on base percentage, number nine on OPS, uh three fifteen hitter. Uh and these are all kinds of things that, that, you know, are are a little surprising to be honest. Uh he had a really rough debut and uh while the Mets uh public uh, relations arm for their uh development uh group uh were touting his exit velocities last year. Uh, the launch angles simply weren't there. And for somebody who's a corner infielder, uh, you know, you want to, you want to see some loft in, in things. And and it's obvious from, from the video that I've seen your batting practice look and the video that you've seen is the ball is, uh, coming off his bat, you know, at a greater frequency. And while he might not ever be a launch angle guy, uh, you know, he, he could find some of that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a swing that you know you know there there's guys that are hitting for power right now that that don't sell out all the way to the launch angle like like you know everybody thinks everybody gets sold, you know sells out for so uh you know he's a guy that that you know has moved up on my charts uh uh i I do have some concern uh, you know that he is a third baseman long term uh uh were was there anything that you saw in your live look it's hard to really kind
1: of scout uh off video but did you see anything in your live look
0: about him on defense
1: i did not no and the one live game that i saw um there was not uh there wasn't any challenging plays there so i am curious about that because they also you know he has they have put him in left field uh twice so far this year and that's not that's not tons but it's sort of notable because uh it, it just at it seems it, it seems interesting to me that at you know at high a like that that they would be thinking about that already when there's certainly uh unless I'm missing somebody there's no one standing in his way in New York at the moment at the hot corner um, there isn't. and uh so that that's certainly something to that I'll be watching uh, for the rest of the year too, is kind of the positioning, but I mean, really what I, what I saw, uh, in this series and in my look a couple weeks earlier, uh, I mean, he really looks ready for another level. I mean, he really looks ready for double a, which, um, now I, you know, I do note he's a little bit older, uh, you know, for a high school kid, he's, uh, he is 21, but, you know, he was just, I mean, this is really his first full season. He was drafted, of course, in uh, in that first round with pick 12 in 2019. So he had a half season there. And, of course, the wiped out year last year. Um, it seems like, you know, he's on the rise and certainly uh, got my attention uh, and will be, uh, you know, and I'll be someone I'll be tracking uh, certainly as he reaches high at some point, I would think, soon. Uh, or excuse me, double A at some point soon. And uh see how he deals with um you know, better pitching there as we go along.
0: Yeah, uh in double A right now, the Mets have a third base prospect, uh,
1: who actually oh, is right. a
0: little younger than Brett Beatty, uh Mark Viet- vientos. Uh uh but the thing is is there's a bigger question mark on Vientos uh staying at the hot corner uh compared to Beatty. Uh Vientos is just absolutely started out uh Having some slump, uh, it's it basically came out cold, but has absolutely destroyed uh pitching since June 1st. Uh, it's a 490 or 494 949 OPS. Uh, okay.
1: Um,
0: but he's he, he's bounced around too. He's played third base, left field, first base. Uh, so yeah. like you know, maybe maybe they're trying to get some uh versatility out of these two guys and you know, see who sticks at third, but. Just as you the said, there's there's nobody there. Uh, you know, JD Davis is hurt. Uh, um, you got Jeff McNeil playing third base. Uh, and, and he's probably a, you know, better third baseman than he is a second baseman, but, uh, his bat profiles the second base. Uh, and then you also have, uh, Villar, uh, who's been injured as well. Uh, and Guillermo, who does not have the bat for third base is, uh, is another guy play third base. So like, there's not, You know, these aren't guys that are going to be holding uh, holding Beatty up from playing third base. So that that is a little puzzling why they've had him in left field.
1: Yeah, I um, I'm just uh, you know Beatty just strikes me as a kind of a a solid hit tool guy first um, with enough interesting uh, you know what looked to me like carry or exit velocity from the naked eye. Kind of that uh, that could develop into something more and sort of be uh, a you know quite valuable sort of fantasy asset. The second guy that Brent got to
0: check out is a guy that like at first pitch again uh, uh, another contact of mine that wasn't uh, wasn't a part of the conference but I ran into him at the hotel came running over to me while I was checking in I was checking in. And uh, came running over and he said, have you seen Francisco Alvarez? I was like, no, I have not. I didn't know that you had Mets coverage. I had it for a week. He is awesome. I was like, (laughs) okay. And the guy, the the contact just talked about him for about 10 minutes. And uh, I got my room. We parted ways and uh, never talked to that contact again about Alvarez. Uh, uh, So he's been a guy that's been on my radar. I'm glad that you were able to see him. Uh, I know that you got him uh, a designated uh, hitter look when you saw him in uh, Wilmington. I got it right this time. Uh, So you got some video looks on him as well. Uh, Tell us about Francisco
1: Alvarez. Yeah, no, I mean, Alvarez is, I mean, Beatty and Alvarez are right next to each other. Actually, Mauricio, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, Ronnie Mauricio, uh, often bats uh, second or whatever, so it's, Mauricio, Beatty, Alvarez uh, right in a row uh, there for um, the high-A opponents. But Alvarez is certainly, you know, definitely a catcher's build. He's 5'10", 230. Um, you know, in comparison to Beatty, it's not that, you know, it's not as pretty of a swing, but, I mean, it tell you, it has purpose. Uh, you know, he starts with an open stance from the right-hand high side, um, swings hard just about every time. Um, now he has natural loft, uh, built into his swing and already, you know, even though he's just 19 years old, just a teenager still, you know, he obviously has a natural strength, um, that guys like, uh, Mauricio and Beatty, uh, don't have. Um, uh, so he, uh, you know, has in addition has kind of plus bat speed, um, great timing, When I saw him, he really worked the counts and knew the strike zone, uh, especially on fastballs that he had some, some pitch recognition stuff uh, on the breaking, uh, on the breaking balls, but, you know, definitely battled and kind of had a plan, seemed to have a plan at the plate. You know, it is interesting because his, his, the ferocity that he swings with (laughs) looks, you know, looks out of control. Um, and and it is at at different times um you know he, he you know missed a couple curveballs and just you know missing them uh and given how hard he swings uh it just looks it looks really off and i think you know there there will be some some strikeout issues there he's done pretty well with it uh so far but as it, as he moves up and and uh you know i think he'll need to st- keep kind of keep tabs on that but again when he uh makes contact you know when i saw it in batting practice um and more in the live game uh than this week of uh on on video which he actually struggled with uh i mean he's the one that hit sort of the high towering kind of shots um you know ones that you know went over the walls in in right and left center um kind of peppered the center field wall a couple of times in, in BP, um, it kind of, it's a kind of profile that fits a little bit more, you know, with the current modern, uh, sort of slugger, uh, motif. Um, and he's, you know, like I said, I think he, at least for now is showing attributes of being able to uh, pick his pitches and kind of take his walks when he needs to, um, but uh yeah, when he connects, i think uh his uh once once he gets he will be one on Sunday. he'll be in the futures game along with Beatty. uh if he uh is up there and makes some contact and they do have statcast going uh there's a good chance that uh you know he will be he will be sending some oohs and ahs <laughs> through people uh from the exit velocity range yeah
0: yeah, uh and speaking of that exit velocity uh i'm wanna. Pull up a tweet
1: here from
0: uh, Jacob Resnick, who's a S&Y contributor. SNY and y is uh, the Mets sports network, essentially. Uh, Jacob Resnick wrote this on 524 when Alvarez got called up from St. Lucie. These are this, his stats, in St. Lucie is Statcast gas beta. His exit velocity was 94.7 miles per hour. MLB average is 88.3. His max exit velocity is 108.7. The MLB average is 105. Hard hit percentage was 63%. Uh, MLB average is just under 40%. Uh, fly ball distance is 356, where the MLB average is at 317. And, uh, you know, for, for our listeners that don't, uh, haven't covered, uh, the Florida State League or, or now known as low A, uh, South, it is traditionally the, uh, pitchers league it is hard to elevate in that type of hum- humidity it's something that we have seen uh, guys uh, hitters struggle when they got to high A when it used to be a high a place and, and Alvarez made it look like uh, a child's play you know I think it's amazing for a guy who's 20 years old who's also catching to have these type of uh, numbers. Were you able to catch him in any of the video feeds uh, um, behind home plate? I know that Aberdeen does not have the greatest camera angle, uh yeah. We're looking at that kind of thing, but were you able to see his work behind the plate?
1: I was not at all. And that's the one thing that I was going to uh, bring up that I, if I get a chance to see them again, uh, will want to pay uh, close attention to. Because uh, obviously from a fantasy perspective, a catcher, that can hit like I think he is going to hit as far as, at least from the power perspective, uh, could be quite valuable. And I think that's, you know, I think that's why your contact was so excited. I think that's why uh, there was kind of this off-season buzz uh, around him. At least I sort of felt that as we got into list season this year. Uh, You know, part of that was the teenager being so advanced at this level uh, where he's at. Um and then as you say, you know, he hit whatever four seventeen in his uh fifteen mm-hmm. games at uh at Lowa, and so they moved him up uh moved him up here where he's you know, a more a more you know, pedestrian kind of two fifty five. But his on base at three fifty eight, his slugging's five ten. I mean he has hit six homers, uh eight doubles uh here in Brooklyn in thirty two games. So uh yeah, I, I, it's, it's it's a unique profile and one that's, you know, I think well suited um, to the game today. And uh, I think especially as we go forward and, and think about where, you know, a, as we go forward, it'll be important to kind of evaluate his defense also and see if, uh, you know, to, to, to determine whether he's going to be able to stay a catcher or will they have to move him off. I mean, quite frankly... Athletically, I I guess they would move him to first base if they moved him anywhere.
0: But uh, he's five so, ten. That's the problem.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I I'm not sure I'm not sure where else he would fit. But you're right. He's it's, it's not the he's not the best uh, sized <laughs> for first base <laughs> either. I mean, I in general, I've heard secondhand reports that the the defense is passable. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything yeah, else, yeah, but I mean. uh, and I and I think it could well be that with a bat a potential with a bat that could be uh, as impactful as his could be uh you know that the that the Mets are are able to sacrifice a little bit of defense to to get that in there
0: yeah my understanding was he started in low a more because of his defense uh so like the bat didn't really carry him to high a he had made the appropriate uh, well, uh, I guess adjustments that they wanted to see uh, yeah, uh, before he enough. got up to high A. Yeah. You know, that's somebody. That's, uh, you know, like I said, he's five foot ten. Uh, and he's kind of a stocky build. It's it's pretty much catcher or bust. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess you you put him at DH if that doesn't work out. If the if the NL finally gets that universal DH like we uh, yeah. all us fantasy managers are hoping for.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so for Mets fans and or. Yeah. Uh, people that uh, have these guys stashed on their uh, keeper or dynasty league rosters. I think there's, uh, there's some interesting, interesting firepower there going on in the, uh, in the Mets system. We're going to take uh, a look also, Uh, Chris, you got a chance to check out uh, twins pitcher Jordan Balazovic over the past uh, week or so. I know it's someone uh, you had had some uh, experience with, with uh, covering the twins system. He's um, a guy that's uh, a big guy, fairly close to the majors, I believe. Um, what did you, uh, what did you find when you dug into uh Al-Zomark? Yeah, first off, uh, my, my whole plan last week was to watch a lot of
0: MILB action. And this is the only game that I got to see, uh, I ended up really crunching the college and the prep looks, uh, in preparation for our draft day coverage, uh, at the website, making sure that we, uh, had all the first rounders. Uh, hopefully we've, uh, got all the first rounders now after my scouting of the first round. But anyway, uh, Balazovic, uh, saw him, uh, his Wednesday start against Amarillo, uh, for you MILB-TV, uh, fans, uh, Amarillo is, uh, uh, really the best feed in this, uh, double-A central, uh, division. Uh, it, it has miles per hour. It is uh television broadcast. They, they, uh, it out. Uh, so like you're, you know, you're getting, uh, you're getting quality broadcast there. Uh, Balazovic pitched five and two-thirds innings. He got taken out because of pitch count, uh, uh, he had five and two thirds, no hit innings, and which was pretty remarkable. He walked the first two batters, uh, known for, known as a guy who is, uh, a control dude. Uh, and I was like, oh God, what's, what's going to happen? I actually, uh, was watching the start while I was also watching the Mississippi State, uh, uh, beat Vanderbilt in the college world series. Balazovic is, uh, listed six, five, uh, he's up to 215 pounds, which, uh, uh is tall but not as uh, lanky as previous seasons there's probably another 10 pounds or so in the frame uh the uh, delivery is is long with some effort but uh he does stay in sync and uh he has a very long arm circle and releases the ball at a less than uh, three-quarter slot so uh i uh you know we would call that the low three-quarter slot uh he achieves appropriate extension in his delivery for his, uh, frame. Uh, a lot of times when you see taller guys, they don't really use their legs. Uh, I remember watching a six foot 10 guy recently on MILB TV, uh, not a prospect, don't worry. Uh, who, uh, basically extended like a six foot two guy. So like, these are things that you watch out for. Uh, so this guy's using his size in his delivery. Uh, he's a, uh, Three-pitch pitcher, even though it's been reported that he's a four-pitch pitcher, and we'll kind of get into that uh, in a second. Uh, his best pitches is his fastball. Uh, you know, in recent weeks, we've talked about several prospects uh, from a high three-quarters or over the top slot uh, with fastballs that played up in the zone due to natural carry from, from you know, a flatter plane. Uh, Balak Zavik is a pitcher who actually creates backspin loft on his fastball out of the low uh, three quarter slot, which is a, a slot that hitters rarely see carry out of. You usually see sink out of that, out of that, or or arm side run most most of the time. Uh, there's a lefty in the Indians organization that was drafted last year, uh, Logan Allen. Uh, I think it was second round pick. He's another guy, low uh, three quarters angle uh, that you know, it, it, it's significant when you have a guy throwing from a slot, uh, it makes everything play up. And unlike Allen, uh, who's throwing at the low nineties, even high eighties, Balak doing it at the 93 to 95 mile per hour, uh, velocity band. Uh, and he's around the plate at all times. And he, he shows advanced command, especially to the arms. I mean, the glove side. Uh, so, uh, you know this this fastball we get so tangled up in velocity but this fastball is a special fastball especially with all these swings uh, trying to get this launch angle he was known to throw uh, a very extremely similar curveball and slider for my mlba coverage of the twins the last few years i kind of talked about both pitches these pitches now appear to have merged into one one another uh kind of a slurve. It sits about 81 to 83 miles per hour, and it does share the characteristics of each pitch uh, from the added depth of the curveball to the sweepiness of the slider. Uh, The movement isn't significant. Uh, It's probably a future average to above average movement profile, and and that's one of the reasons why there's been some uh, relief pitcher talk with him. Uh, uh, However, the command is what sets this pitch apart. And especially against the left-handed hitters in the Amarillo lineup. Uh he was just peppering the glove on the glove side. Uh and and just uh, occasionally sweeping the, the slider, slurve, curve out of the zone. And this and this this uh, you know helps play this pitch up significantly. And we've learned a lot in recent years about how significant slider command is. Uh, you know, we t- we think about Zach, please uh Shane Bieber with the Indians. You know, these are guys that that came in the league with not the greatest sliders and have turned them into significant out pitches because they command it so much better than other guys. And the, and that was what really stood out about uh, Balazovic. It's a it's a tool that he can use against. Same side and opposite side hitters. His third pitch, 87 to 88 mile per hour changeup. It's a bit behind the other two offerings in development right now. It flashes arm side fade and occasional late tumble, especially when he's keeping the pitch down in the zone. Uh, the the big prospect, uh, well, there was actually two big prospects on the Amarillo team. Uh, Alec Thomas, who will be... Uh, Appearing in the future stars game, he's a two timer. He was there in 2019 as well. And, uh, uh Gerardo, uh, Perdomo, who, uh, looks absolutely lost, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it was not a good look. Uh, he is in fact batting eighth, Um, if that tells you anything about his struggles right now, uh, really tough look. But anyway, um, back to, uh, back to Balazovic and, uh, uh, bat the third at bat against Alec Thomas. And uh, Thomas is a left-handed hitter. First two at-bats, he walked him, and he also hit him with a pitch. And so, like, uh, you know, you always want to zero in on these guys against the top guys. And uh, he had a battle with Thomas in that last at-bat, and it uh, got Thomas to swing over a late tumbling changeup that was skirting away from the zone. It was the best changeup he threw all night, and it showed uh, the above average potential of the pitch. But like all double-A pitchers, the consistently isn't there. That's why he's in double-A. One thing I do wanna point out is that there are some injury concerns. Um, he's dealt with a hip flexor a few seasons ago, seems to be fine. Uh, core injury cost him, uh, actually a back injury, a few weeks ago to start this season. So there is something, there's also some concern about his delivery being a little bit high effort with that long arm circle. Uh, you know, more things can go wrong with the biology of your arm, but uh, we're, we're hopeful watching him that how he stays in sync, he's a good, for a tall guy with a long longish delivery, he does well to repeat it and uh, stay in yeah. sync. So we're hopeful that, that that remains and that, you know, maybe lessens the injury risk.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh you know, especially this the long arm circle sort of the long delivery that you describe. Uh I mean, I get the sense it must not be at least I mean is is it something that you feel like more advanced hitters are going to possibly see the ball earlier and be able to time it because of that or does the, does the slot the lower slots sort of, uh, make up for that in some way, or is there some other, some other circumstance going on that may or may not concern you?
0: Yeah, I actually debated that, uh, had an internal debate with myself on that. So thank oh. you for asking that question.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm you glad know, to my, be
0: <laughs> you're in my brain. Stop yeah, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've only done eight of these. I hope that number 10, you're like, you're reading my mind at that point. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, the thing that I kept going back to was was that slot. Um, yeah, I am concerned that he's showing the ball for a very long time. Uh, but the thing is, is that slot is so unusual that you know maybe the third or fourth time you you get used to it. Um, yeah, it yeah, it's going to be hard actually for a left-handed hitter. Uh, specifically to really read out of that pitch uh pitching slot
1: it's interesting the low slot guys i've always found interesting to try to uh you know to try to project or and 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 the one i the one i think about a lot is watching aaron nola uh you know come up with the phillies and seeing him several times uh from behind home plate and again different build nola's uh, what six two you know one ninety five he's not yeah. 6'5", six five two fifteen, but definitely you know definitely the definitely i remember watching him in a double a game at reading from behind home plate and just wondering how that was gonna work, like you know there just seemed to it, it, the slot was lower uh and and the pitches moved you know horizontally in against the left hander but i I I wondered at that point, you know, is that going to, are major league hitters going to be able to see that and, uh, you know, and react to it or, le- you know, lay off the, lay off the junk and, and uh, be able to be able to hit those strikes. And obviously, uh, you know, now he's had some ups and downs this year, but in general, uh, he's been a very, um, very good starting pitcher and hasn't been an issue But I remember, you know, whenever that was, uh, four or five, six years ago, uh, contemplating someone with a with a definitely a low a slot like that, how the ball moved, and trying to think about um, think about how that's going to project going forward.
0: And 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 just like Balazovic, uh, you know, we were, you know, as an industry, not as high on Nola as how he's performed in the major leagues. Uh yeah. you know separate this season where he lost his two-seamer um yeah. and you know kind of lost some of that uh extraordinary command that he's had with the breaking pitches uh which uh, is another thing that Bal- uh, Balzovic has but like if you look at it um these are type of pitchers that tend to be understated and granted uh you know we did have um we did have Nola in our top 100 um but you know, he wasn't a top 20 prospect, I don't believe. No,
1: no and, not at all.
0: I mean, as a pitcher, that's what he's performed as. I mean, he had that one year that if it wasn't for Jacob deGrom, he probably is the Cy Young Award winner. Right. Uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, this is, this is, you know, we're looking at another guy that kind of fits into that whole frame that that, like, we're, you know, hoping for more velocity because he's 6'5 and 225 or 215 right now. You know, we want more velocity, but, like, this, you know, being able to command your pitches, I I, I mean, us scouts, uh, and I say scouts, I, I, I guess scouting analysis, whatever you want to call us, uh, uh, I, I feel like we really have missed in the past on these type of guys is what sort of impact they have, but now – Seeing more data behind things and, and getting a better sense of how uh, a guy like this can operate in the next level in the ninety three ninety five uh, velocity band.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, and those, you know, those uh, uh, kind of unusual or different uh, guys, whether it be delivery, whether it be slot, whether it be size, uh, are always uh, you know extra extra intriguing to kind of. Uh, followed uh, as they as they develop.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Well, anyway, moving on to our
0: next part, which is our upcoming schedule. This is actually going to be our busiest week of the year between the two of us. Uh, we've kind of profiled some of Brent's uh, busyness uh, coming this weekend. Uh, um, my busyness is I've got the Cubs Double A squad from Tennessee in town, and uh, they have guys like Brennan Davis. Uh, top uh, 100 prospect, I think top 50 guy, Miguel Abaya, who we've already talked about on this uh, show, somebody I like to see again. Uh, Christopher Morel, who's a uh, uh, infield prospect, and uh, Chase Strump, who's uh, kind of struggled this year. Uh, so, uh, or since he's come up to Double A from High A, uh, has looked uh, looked very rough. Um, also, for the third time this year. Bowling Green is back in town on my high A uh, level looks, uh, and then also I may trip up to Kingsport for Team USA collegiate national team scrimmage, which would be a good primer for next year's draft. Which is crazy—we're not even on this year's draft yet, and we've got 2020 names to go look at. Uh, probably won't discuss them on here. Uh, probably to keep them to myself, but it will just be uh, one more trip that I get to make this week. Uh, and speaking of this year's draft, Brent,
1: you're headed to Denver this weekend to do what again? Uh, Yep, to check out the Futures game on Sunday and to be there uh, in the room as the, or yeah, in the building as the, uh, as the Major League MLB draft goes on. Uh, and that starts on Sunday, I believe, after after the Futures game. Uh, so I, I don't know what that entails, being there while the teams pick the players, but uh, I'm up for it and uh, it'll be exciting uh, and we'll certainly be able to talk about it next week. Uh, it, it is a huge week because I also uh, have a double header which I'm heading to tom- tomorrow uh, as we record, which will be Tuesday. Um, given, given where I live, sometimes these uh, work out Um, where I get to go to two different stadiums if there's a day game and an evening game. And it just so happens that this lines up uh, on Tuesday where I will, uh, in the morning, head for an 11 a.m. game to see High A uh, Wilmington at Jersey Shore, uh, which is the former Lakewood club of the Phillies. And then in the evening, uh, drive the hour or so to Somerset to see the Erie Club, which is stacked with uh, Spencer Torkelson, uh, Dingler, and uh, Riley Green uh, against against Somerset uh, for the nightcap, and then kind of swing my way back home after that. So I'm looking forward to that on uh, Tuesday. It'll be a full day, but it's always fun uh, doing a doubleheader like that. And then, yes, on, on Saturday, I'm off to Denver and uh, will probably, I assume, uh, record the – uh record the podcast uh while i'm still out there uh on monday evening or so but anyway it is a full week on how we're going to fit all that into our episode uh next week but we will uh we'll certainly give it a shot i agree we probably won't have news or notes or any introduction
0: uh we'll just probably just go into live looks the draft and uh then our live looks again like we're just gonna hit them all uh um and hit them hit them hit them wild
1: right yep well that's what, that's what you do you uh you play you play the ups and downs and when you get uh get a bunch of good stuff like we do this week uh we'll do our best to chat about it it's uh good thanks for everyone for listening to this episode of the eyes have it uh remember that you can contact us um, via email at the eyes have it at base dot com uh, to ask questions give feedback uh we'd love like to have some We'd love to have some questions to answer at some point. Um, You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Chris is at C underscore blessing. And you can find me at Brent HQ. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts. And uh, rate and review us so that others can find out about this content. It's been a a good run so far. Uh, Thanks for listening to Episode 8. And we will see you next week. Oh,